Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward. And take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. 2023 Aria has limited availability. All-wheel drive expected availability early 2023, subject to change. This is a 30-second stereo radio for trade school in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from the Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 Livestream Workshops from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com slash workshops. Welcome to Riffin' with Raph and A.D., Coming to you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Now here's former Huskers, Chris Rapp and Aaron Davis. Wednesday night, riffing with Ralph and AD, the quickest two hours of the week. AD is laughing again. Best dressed man, the happiest man. This is Aaron Davis, everybody. What you laughing about, big dog? Hey, Ralph. Okay, so I typed in um, funniest one-liners from coming to America. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And me and my, my dad, God rest his soul, being a reverend, Remember when that, that part where I was sitting in the hall, he goes, Now I want you to reach on the gods. Unchanging hand. He helped Joshua fight the battle of Jericho. He helped Gilligan escape the island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I got a client that texted said, listening now, and I'm dying laughing. <laughs> You gotta be older to understand the, you know, the coming to America. But yeah, Carter and Harrison are just staring at us. Going, what the heck is he talking about now? But it's okay. It's okay. Everyone loves AD. No, 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 Harrison. How old are you, man? Uh, twenty-two. Oh yeah, he definitely remember when I said remember Gilligan's Island. You've seen movies. I mean, yeah, like yeah, yeah, I know that because at first yeah. you thought I, t- I, t- I said Gulliver's Travels or something like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gilligan, Gulliver, same thing. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, folks, here's what I want to say. You know, here's kind of my, my short infomercial for you tonight. You know, the, the some of you listen to this, like I, I've mentioned this before, some of you listen to this show, and our next guest is really the epitome of this. Some of you listen to this show, man, in the past couple years has been rough on you, you know, from COVID to, you know, school and things of that nature, or just life in general. And maybe this, as my, my co-host, my good friend Ralph always says, the fast two hours of the week. Hopefully this is a good distraction, uh, just a good uh, a respite for you mentally to laugh, talk sports and things like that. We all need to laugh. It's therapy. Two medicines we all have, folks, is laughter and tears. Don't you have to go to a pharmacy for it. They're therapeutic. They help. A person that helped provide therapy, speaking of that word, for the Huskers athletics for many, many years is our guest right now, Doke Ostergaard, big Doke, big bro, big man. Doke, how you doing, brother? Good. How are you guys? 
We're doing good, man. We're doing good. Don't, dude. You're just. I like noticed a... you said distraction. I'm supposed to be a distraction. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do the best I can. <laughs> well, don't, you know what? As being the head trainer, when guys were injured, you did try to keep our mind distracted from the injury. <laughs> you know. You, 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 you tape us up, you change the subject while you're wrapping us to your pain, you got us your mind away from the thing that you were trying to heal or take care of. So, in a way, like I said, you were a, not a distraction, you were a healthy distraction. Put it that way. Does that sound better? Well, yeah. Yeah, but you weren't supposed to figure that out. We were kind of tricking you. <laughs> Bait and switch. <laughs> and this will be best for you and then shove you out on the field. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I've got a, you know, ADs talking about a good distraction and stuff like that, but I want to hear about reconditioning. Yeah. Hmm. I just, I'd like to know more about that. Like what, what, what was like the premise behind reconditioning at Nebraska? Okay. We're going to, we're going to risk getting into old stories though, right? Oh I, yeah. Does anybody want to listen to old stories anymore? Yes, that, they do. Oh is, yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, they do. Bike? Well, <clears throat> Back in the day, we had uh, what were called Monday Childs. And AD was probably coming down and watching practice back back in those days. Mm-hmm. But um, some of the starters get beat up on Saturday, and they would usually get Monday off. And they'd come out, and there's usually a, a contest who could dress the nicest um, when they come out on the field for some <laughs> of those guys. But um, I was sitting there thinking, I don't know. It seems like we could probably do a little something else. And at that time, rehab and therapy was restricted to just in the training room, you know, whatever you could do on the treatment table. Um, And there was really kind of a gap between that and getting back on the field. Hmm. And so um, that's where the reconditioning kind of started. Um, Ken Clark was probably one of the first guys. He was a running back in the mm. uh, late 80s. Yeah. People may not remember. Uh, Okie State played here. Barry Sanders was running mm. running back for them, and Ken Clark was running back for us. And I think Ken Clark had like 250-some yards, and Barry Sanders had like 170. But um, those probably aren't real exact. But, you're close. Uh, oh, you're close. Yo, you're you're – Almost spot on, though. I think Ken Clark had 256 and Barry Sanders had 189. Just throwing okay. it out there. Uh, they probably put Barry in at the end to get a few extra yards. But, yeah. <laughs> so, well, Ken, um, Ken was probably out at probably third quarter. He was probably sitting on the sidelines eating hot dogs. I, I, think, and, it was, I think it was one of the first plays of the game. He went by 70 yards. Yeah, it was, yep. it was a huge. It was ripped him for a huge yeah. one. Yeah. They have the um, the trick there was that we only had enough people. We were swamped in their training room. Um, probably had 200 guys on the football team still, and a small training room. And you really couldn't sacrifice a trainer leaving the the training room, especially for something that wasn't really proven. You know, um, so that took a little bit of time. But um, <clears throat> what that did for us, um, it gave some other ways to motivate motivate players because now instead of just showing up and watching practice, you know you're going to get your work in. And we could find ways to challenge the injury without setting you back, but actually improve you. And uh, I talked to some folks about this just the other day. I like to think we could improve uh, 
work capacity and mental toughness. Um, and those were pretty good deterrents not to miss practice too. So, um, anyway, I you're going to open up all kinds of these old stories. Oh, yeah, and that's, got, what, that's what we want. That's, that's what, what we want. want. You know, Doug, right? you, you think about this, man, to where how much um, college athletics has trained, has changed over the past 25 years. Heck, you look in the past five to ten years, how much has changed as far as technology, uh, personnel, et cetera. What, first of all, Doug, tell us, you grew up in Gothenburg, Nebraska, okay? Why? What, what, tell us what it was like growing up in Gothenburg. The influence that your um, that your parents had on you, and why you chose to come to Nebraska. Why did you choose to get involved in uh, in athletic medicine? Uh, well, most people don't know. I came down. I was actually going to play baseball. Um, went through the tryout. Didn't didn't turn out in my favor. But mm-hmm. um, then I thought, well, I'm going to coach. Coach basketball, and then I was in class, and I was thinking, man, everybody is doing the same thing. Doing the same coach in the same class, I need an edge. And there was a uh, there was a a guy, Jeff Chambers, is his name. He was in the student training program. He played basketball with an athlete at Aurora, but then moved to Gothenburg after high school. So I got to know him a little bit. And um, he said, "You ought to come to the training room." And at that time, there's only a small number of people doing that. Mm-hmm. So I go over there and start hanging out, and we kind of got sucked in and um, really thought I was just doing it, like I said, to get it, position myself to get a better job and coaching or open up some doors that way. But at some point, you have to decide you're going to be a coach, you're going to be a trainer. Right. Uh, George, George Sullivan, after I had so. done my undergrad and been gone for like two years, we're going to have a graduate assistantship open up, and um, it's yours if you want it. And, yeah, kind of being from Nebraska, you guys understand this, is you're like being called to serve, too. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like a oh, great opportunity to work with um, in athletics, but right. you felt somewhat obligated. So um, came back, did that for two years, then one of the full-time people was going on to PA school for two years, and they needed somebody to fill in, so I did that. And during that time, I got to know Coach Osborne pretty well. And uh, I don't know, A.D., when you were young, do you remember, people were afraid of Coach Osborne. Yes, and, and, yes. And, uh, yeah. I he, sat on his lap, did, so. He would run around the stadium, yep. you know, after practice, and then he'd come in to the sauna, and it was like rats jumping off a ship you know the guys that were in there were getting out they were uncomfortable but um coach and i developed a relationship and um along about that same time he had his knee scoped and he was coming in george sullivan would take him back put him in the whirlpool um well then george would go back in his office and fall asleep (laughs) sully would supposed to do it wasn't supposed to be Coach Osborne, but I didn't already know, but I said, I can't just leave him sitting in the wool. He's been in there for a half hour now. And, uh, one, one day I decided, all right, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to treat him like anybody else. I'm like, Coach, yeah. come on out. And, you know, if you guys have ever had your knee scoped or any type of surgery, and you don't bend that joint for a while, it hurts. Mm-hmm. And he hadn't been working on his motion. So I'm like, well, we got to get some motion back. And I remember one day I was I was 
pushing his knee into flexion as he's laying face down on the treatment table. And uh, his voice didn't change. He just said, dope. I don't care how hard you push. I'm not going to scream. <laughs> <laughs> so what did uh, you do, man? <laughs> so, so, yeah, that kind of started our relationship, I guess, and then uh, which was kind of cool after my two-year, which was supposed to be a temporary deal. Um, Coach Osborne wrote a letter to the uh, the regents asking them to create a full-time position for me, and I've got a copy of that, and Bob Devaney wow. signed it, and so that's kind of cool. So, do Coach Osborne – go ahead, Raph. I was just going to ask, what what year was that? Oh, geez. Um, let's see. That would have been – Probably about 91, 91. Okay. When, when he asked him to create a full-time position. Wow. But you had been at the university, though, Doak, since what? 80, yeah. 80... Well, I, I, yeah, I did my student training in the early 80s mm-hmm. and I left for two years and then came back and was a graduate assistant. Yep. And then, <laughs> then was full-time for two years, you know, a full-time temp mm-hmm. is what you'd call that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that, that's when... I was either hitting the bricks or they were creating a, a spot. And, um, so that's, that's how I kind of ended up there. And said most people growing up in Nebraska, and it just felt like an opportunity. You know, like it's getting called to the military almost. Um, <laughs> but the, the timing was really, really good. Um, you know, obviously, you didn't know. You just knew that Nebraska was always going to be a heartbreak. Really from Nebraska when you're a kid, and mm-hmm. always got within one game, and get your heart broke. And, <laughs> right. Uh, so it was really fun to be there and watch that get turned around, and um, get you know, got to be a part of some really cool experiences that way. You meet a lot of really great people. So who were some of the guys? Obviously, um, uh, if Nebraska fans out there would remember George Sullivan. You know the ones who don't. You know, kind of the uh, the the uh, the. Um, the grandfather of all you guys down there. I think about him. I think about uh, uh, Weber. Um, I think about um, oh, he went to the basketball for a while. He went over to he moved from uh, football to basketball. Doke, he was with you as Nick, well. Jack Nicolite. Jack Nicolite. Yeah. What, what was the camaraderie amongst you guys in there? You know, and tell us a um, just how working with those guys helped you in your profession. You know, because Sully, like I said, he had been there since the you know what fifties. You know, he had been there a long time. What was the benefit of being around those guys to help you prepare athletes uh, and to get them back on the field of play? What was that? What was that like working with legends like that? Well, George was recognized nationally as a trainer, mm-hmm. um, and so his name attached to anything in the athletic training world was uh, going to have credibility right away. Uh, of course, Jerry'd been at it a long ways. Jack was a little bit younger than those two guys, but was really really sharp, bright guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, he worked long hours, but it was, it's always better when you get along with people. And, and we had such a small staff, you just had to work super hard and long hours. And yet you just became friends because you were, you know, you're around each other all the time. Right. But, um, different, way different environment nowadays you know where everybody has their own trainers we used to treat anybody from whatever you know any sport walk in george was always very particular about that so i don't care 
what sport you think you work with. The athlete walks in here, you take care of them. Wow. You know, Doke, a few messages on here before we get back to the next question we got on here. Chad Kendall goes, uh, this is on Facebook. He goes, Doke is awesome. Snapped my ankle playing basketball with him. (laughs) (laughs) I hope I didn't break his ankle. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Doke, did you cross him over like that without their snapping ankles? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember crossing over anybody. I usually just try and pull up. (laughs) Fitness wasn't my forte. (laughs) Also a good friend of mine. Uh, I've met, I think he, I think you met you, Jeff, you know, Jeff Lass, Jeff, Jeff, Lass. Jeff Lassie with an L. Lassie. He said, mm. let's see here. He said that, uh, Doke was my neighbor in Gothenburg, Jeff Lass, L-A-A-S-S. Okay. Yep. 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 Walk away. Yep. Yeah. He lives out in California now, man. So don't you get love from all over the place right here, man. They they, <laughs> they they know the legend when they hear when they see one, man. They know one. Yeah. Well. So who checked them? Ad, I know you've used this line before. You've said about yourself. If they know me, and they are big time fans. <laughs> something wrong. With <laughs> they're they're sick Husker fans if they know us, right? <laughs> you know they're. There's another, uh, there's another former player I think was listening, and, I, and it made me think. You guys should, you should have a uh, job posting on here. Doug Coleman, I think, is listening. DC, we yep. need to find Doug a job. We got to find we Doug Coleman a job. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's do that for former players. Um, hey, that would be sweet. He's got a, huh? he's got a little, lot of experience as, uh, in the NFL. Yes, special yep. teams, special teams coach. By you know, yep. um, yes. Anyhow, super good guy, super good coach. We should try and help him camp. Doug Coleman, Doug Coleman, if you're listening, I remember you, buddy. You beat me up quite a bit. Uh, but, <laughs> but one of the most nicest guys after he knocked your head off. Hey, buddy, you okay down yeah. there? Actually, no, I'm not okay down here. I don't even know my name right now. <laughs> well, AD, I, can, uh, no, I do remember that if you would have to do, have any contact with Doug, that would have been an extreme mismatch. Oh, my goodness. Your arms were not the same size back then as they are now. No. <laughs> in fact, Matter of fact, I think I had to direct you to the weight room, and you never found it. In <laughs> hey, don't you know what my grand said? My grand says they're attachable arms. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? What was that? You say the same thing about Mike's head. They call yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like a bobblehead. <laughs> Big old head, yeah. What was that a few years back, AD, when Coach Osborne walked up to you when you were oh, working out? Doke. Said if you would have lifted a few more weights, you might have seen the field. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm working well, out. Doke, he comes a medium shirt, and you couldn't fill out the sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> man. <laughs> Coach so, Osborne, carry this, and you know, make your arms look bigger. Oh, I'm telling you, walking with us. We didn't want the opposing team to think that you were actually going to have to go in. No, no. Coach Osborne, man, he, he, he walked up to me. This is – I got up to about, I don't know, 2.30 for some stupid reason, just lifting weights like a madman. <laughs> and he comes up to me, Doke, in the gym, and he goes, you know, A.D., uh, if you would have worked out like this and looked like this, you may have played a little bit more. Takes off and keeps jogging. <laughs> didn't say another word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He did his jab, yeah. And as you know, Doe, Coach Osborne has a very dry, funny sense of humor. That the dude is sharp. 
and he will catch you real quick. And then sometimes he'll walk away and be like, man, coach, just just clown me right there real quick, you know. <laughs> but I, well, I don't – And I think that's what changed their um... – more in the, the 90s, especially when Rainmakers was around. And yes. Stuff. The guys quit running out of the sauna. They stayed in the sauna because they enjoyed talking to him. And the, exactly. The dynamic changed. And you know what, Yeah, Doug? Anybody hadn't got to know Coach and his personality is yeah. missing out. He's, I hope he's not listening. I can't ever say anything good about him. So <laughs> I take that back. You guys kind of go at it back and forth, though, which is hilarious, though, man. And we're in settings or public or – or video things, it, it, it's fun. And it, you know what shows, Doke? It shows the family atmosphere of things. And it shows you, too, like you mentioned, guys in, the, you know, you go, started going back to the early 90s and even late 80s where guys weren't as intimidated by Coach and really started to hang out with him. I think Coach changed a little bit, too, though. Would you agree? I, what I've felt is that he figured out that I, you know, got along with most of the guys pretty well. And then he, he, he observed that, and then he noticed that if he made fun of me, the guys would laugh about that. And so I became the whipping boy, and that stopped everything else. See, because Coach Osborne started cracking jokes on Doak, we got three national championships, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's got to be it. Yeah. Doak, I'm literally looking at a picture of Coach right here in the 93.7 ticket uh, studio. Huge picture of him. We got to put on there, have you autographed that and said, it's because of me. <laughs> uh, you know, there's just a true. That's a true story. This one, maybe even young listeners wouldn't mind listening to this, as long as they know Coach Osborne. But about the same time, you know, when he was doing his knee rehab and everything, and I had worked basketball for a couple of years, and uh, we were in the Big Eight, and I had a pretty good idea who was good teams and whatnot. I don't think he can get in trouble for this nowadays, but he actually wanted to bet on basketball games with me. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so we go back and forth a couple times. It was it was like five dollars, and, and it was it was just straight up. Too, you to straight up. This, this is just too easy. Um, so this started right at the tail end of the year, and um, at the end of the year, I was up ten dollars, and I'm saying, "Oh, geez, the season's over." And anytime he paid me, I felt like I was taking his last dime. <laughs> I would have guessed he had no more ten dollars in the bank the way he <laughs> money was getting filled off. And so I felt really bad. And I said, "Well, coach, I'll uh, I'll bring donuts up someday." I don't eat donuts, dope. <laughs> okay. Bagels. I'll bring bagels. In. No, don't, don't eat bagels, dope. Gosh darn. I happened to be walking through the bookstore when it was over in the, the Union. In the Maybe Union. It's still there. I don't know. <clears throat> Going through the basement of it, and there's a table set up, and all these books were on sale. And right on the corner, there's a paperback book there. The name of the book is The Winner's Guide to Sports Betting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was $10. <laughs> awesome. I, took, I bought that book. And then I took a red Sharpie on an inside on the cover page. I put, Coach, hope this brings you, quote, unquote, better luck. <laughs> and, and signed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
what are the odds? Dave Finn, remember Dave Finn did a lot of photography stuff yes, and, everything, and yep. they a recruiting brochure. And uh, they were taking a bunch of pictures of Coach. And they had some, oh, boy. Some, before digital photographs, they had extra film. And so he told Coach, well, just sit down on the edge of your desk and look natural and whatnot. The book. And the book. He sat down and he picked up a book. And uh, Dave Finn brought the, these little, like kind of like negatives, you know, down and said, look at this. Because he was going through each one of those, looking through a magnifying glass, and he thought this one looked really good, so he thought he'd use it. But through the magnifying glass, he could see the Winner's Guide to Sports Betting and that I signed it. <laughs> <laughs> so he had, a, he had a copy of that uh, made for me. I had, the, I had the two original $5 bills from Coach, and I have it framed still. Oh, but, that's my awesome. gosh, man. So we got to take got, a let, let me. We got to. You got me. Got sidetracked here. I got to. So going hey, back to reconditioning. Well, keep that thought. Keep that thought. We we got to pay some okay. bills first. But remember, I'm writing down reconditioning because my stomach hurts okay. from laughing right now. <laughs> oh, you'll like this one. That's pretty good. <laughs> Folks, we're going to pay some bills. We'll be back with Doak Ostergaard, former Nebraska head strength. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> trainer. <laughs> we're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back. This is a 30-second stereo radio for Trade School in the Home Depot. Spot code YHTFD00RGA0. Spot title, Project Planning Homeowner 101. So you're ready to tackle a home improvement project on your own. Let's make a plan. Take a free workshop from The Home Depot and get live help from our expert associates. Whether you're upgrading your kitchen or overhauling your bathroom, we'll provide everything you need to get started. You'll know what to look for and what to avoid, so you can take on any project with confidence. Homeowner 101 live stream workshops from The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com workshops.